On this very strange episode of DC On Screen, we talk about the Shazam trailer, Will Smith's Deadshot departure, his replacement, and the end of an era for the CW, right after this. You think of Earth as a singular planet. In fact, it is anything but. For this is a story not of a universe, but a multiverse. Where universes and planets, such as Earth, were replicated and mirrored across a vibrating, infinite plane. Some barely different from the next. Others drastically so. This is DC On Screen. Every week, Dave and Jason talk about the multiverse of DC properties on film and television. But be warned, if it's been officially released, you can expect they'll spoil it. Welcome into episode 532 of DC On Screen. I am your host, David C. Robertson, and this, the man with a kitchen conundrum, Jason Goss. <laughs> it's a nightmare over here. <laughs> That's what it sounded like on the Patreon. It was bad. It was bad. Poor guy. Stuff's better now than before. Oh, good. So, we're getting there. So, uh, before we begin, a couple of things. Uh-huh. You're not here for, or you're only here really, for our review of the Shazam trailer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because uh, Kitchen Conundrum. Correct. And uh, we do have a guest host coming in when Jason leaves. Also, uh, we would like to remind you guys that we are on Patreon. $5 a month gets you an on-air thank you and access to the exclusive Patreon feed that features Jason's pull list, Marvel reviews, B-roll, and other extra content. This week on... Uh, on the Patreon, you dropped a uh, Jason's Pull List episode mm-hmm. and reviewed the Flash-Batman crossover, The Price, mm-hmm. uh, spanning Batman 64 and 65 and The Flash 64 and 65. Mm-hmm. I-, I listened to it. I don't read those comics. I listened to it. I thought it was fantastic. No, thanks. Um, I assume you mean and, the book. Uh, uh, yeah, I have, absolutely. <laughs> the show was eh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you did, just, you did correctly point out I've got to list what I'm going to spoil at the beginning of the episode. Right. I thought that was important. So uh, that will be added. That'll be added to the format. And uh, I dropped a review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. I finally got around to that. Uh, I did an episode with my wife, Bethany, and uh, we did that in preparation for Captain Marvel, which we'll probably see on Sunday. Uh, So both of those offerings uh, have gotten some nice comments from our patrons, uh, which, by the way, we do have a new patron this week, uh, Joshua R. Meat. Thank you so much, man. Hello and thank you. And the Beom Indom to boot. Yes. So uh, if you want to be a patron, patreon.com slash DC on screen. All right, man. You want to get into this uh, Shazam trailer? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to uh, essentially just kind of float around our episode, aren't I? Uh, y- yeah, I think so. Yeah, I dig it. This will be fun. I did something really stupid just now. What was that? I, I deleted the, the thing. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it'll be fine. Good. I'm Good. Going to cut this out. Good background. All right. Um. The just, Shazam just trailer. Just two pros I, at work. I know. I know. Go ahead. All right. The Shazam trailer. Yes. I continue to love the shot. Like, a lot of this is just stuff we've already seen before. I continue to love the shot of Billy running off of that roof and getting hit by the lightning. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's one of the best CBM shots ever for me. I mean, I'd, I would man. love the movie uh, to, to live up to that moment, and I, I hope the best, and I have no reason to think it might not, but... That shot alone, man, that was oh, that is glorious. Mm-hmm. Just glorious. I uh, I, I loved the uh, the Eminem inclusion. I love yeah, Captain Sparkle Fingers. Happy. Captain Sparkle Fingers. That's pretty. <laughs> Sparkle Fingers. Sparkle Fingers. 
Speckelfinger. Yeah, the the both of those made me pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savannah's a badass, or Savannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savannah. And uh, they went with the badass uh, version instead of uh, Twiki little science lab guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, I love I love the Batman toys. I love all the Justice League toys. Everything in that toy store. Mm-hmm. It's just fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, Batman. Get him, Batman. <laughs> I, I mean, it sure sounds like Kevin Conroy too. I don't, is that confirmed? I don't think it was. No, it? it sounds like him. Yeah, that that Batman toy is a real thing, and it does say I'm Batman. I've played with that thing in a Toys R Us. That's pretty great. Oh, it's fantastic. You think it's one of the people that actually voices him though? Or, I mean, it, like it, it it did sound like Kevin Conroy, but it's like two seconds. It could also be the uh, uh, was it Greenwood? You know, I didn't think it sounded like anyone specifically. They just brought in a guy to say I'm Batman. I mean, I think the toy actually says that, if I remember correctly. You like press. Oh the no, I mean the toy. Like when up. they were manufacturing the toy, they just brought in, oh, brought in yeah, a guy. I with, don't... We got two words for you. Here's your entire gig. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't think it was like. I don't think it was like a person who actually does it. I might be wrong. Uh, I, it's probably much cheaper to just pay a dude with a deep voice to come in and say, oh, "I'm Batman," you know. Probably, yeah. Than licensing something from Warner Brothers. Fuck uh, that noise. So anyway. Um... <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, I love the uh, "How old are you?" Basically, fifteen bit. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, we've seen that before in in uh, TV spots. Yeah, <laughs> dude, did you see that? Yeah, you electrocuted a bus and nearly killed all these people, <laughs> and yeah. then I caught it. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty good. The bit, the bit that actually made me laugh the most it was it was probably when he tries to jump through the building. Oh, he tries to jump, uh, leap over. He tries us. to jump uh, over yeah. the building, yeah, and just jumps into an office floor and disturbs. Disturbs the day pretty mightily. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Even even yep. even the the little focus pull on the camera makes me laugh a little bit. It's just it's just, it's just a funny moment. Yeah, it's great. Well, uh, you have anything else on this trailer? Other than I'm looking forward to it. Some great shots. Looks funny. Don't think that's gonna take away from anything. Uh, no, man. Sounds great. Bring it on. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm happy that they haven't spoiled anything major. That is that is big for me. The only thing that we that I feel like we know about the climax of the movie is those two are going to throw down, and that it looks like Savannah might have kind of the same powers. Mm-hmm. I mean, he shows off the electric yeah. skills. He can fly. He's got some strength. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah, it looks like he was. Uh, I mean, we we in previous uh, TV spots and stuff, we've seen him walking in as a child. Mm-hmm. Like he was apparently considered at some point, so I assume he has some of those powers, or has been stripped of them and and gotten them artificially somehow. I assume the latter, personally. Yeah, and he does. Uh, it's clear he knows. He knows to ask him, "How old are you?" So he he knows about some of the mythology that's happening there. Oh yeah. Oh, he's familiar with the process. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not his first time. So I'm digging it. I I I'm. It's going to be great. What is the opening? Uh, Mid-April? April 5th. April 5th. Oh, early April. That's right. Mm-hmm. Ooh. From a month and now, we'll have seen this thing. Have you seen the, the little TV spot where his foster sister like, finds out? He's like, how, how good could she keep a secret? How well could she keep a secret? And she's like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, moderately. And then, the, and then Freddie's like, no, she can't. Not at all. No. Yeah. No, I have not <laughs> seen that, but that feels right. That's fan- it. It is fantastic. Everything I'm seeing about this movie looks this looks fun as hell to me. Looks delightful. I it's been it's been a journey just following Sandberg on Twitter. Like I, oh yeah, that process alone has been delightful. I expect this film will pay off some of that too. Well, I'm excited about it. Good stuff. I don't want you to go. 
I'll be back. I know. Well, uh, go to kitchen things and, and eat and go to sleep and all those things that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bathe with a cold towel and try to warm up with a hot towel. All right. Yeah, fun stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird way to describe it, but all right. Yeah, yeah. Got to gotta love that transition time where you, you, you had to pull out the original water heater, but you, you can't put the can't put the new one in yet. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a couple nights of basically living in a a, a, a campground that you you pay way too much for. Good That's stuff. depressing. Good stuff there. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, as we bid Jason adieu, mm-hmm. we bring in and say hello to our next uh, co-host for the evening, Matt Carroll, my co-host of the Star Trek Universe podcast and of the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Don't play that joke on these people. This is Jason. Right. Clearly Jason. Say a Jason thing. Um, that would be a fine thing. <laughs> he does say that, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming in and, and uh, finishing finishing up what Jason started. Yeah, um, man. Well, thanks for having me on the show, man. Appreciate you yeah, having me. Let's talk some uh, DC news. Uh, I I don't know what's been going on. I'm really behind on my DC, DC news. Oh, it's okay. Update me, Dave. Update me. Well, first of all, I wanted to see, like, me and Jason, we just talked about the Shazam trailer. What did you think of the Shazam trailer? Um, I thought it was cool. Pretty cool. Uh, because I'm just an asshole who thinks about the bad thing first, I really hated uh-huh. the bus the bus thing How come? <laughs> at the end. Uh, we didn't see what happened exactly, but it appears that that bus went face first and he caught it, uh-huh. which, I don't know, it just looks like that would still kill everyone on the bus. <laughs> I don't think it would kill everyone. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see once it gets here. Maybe he like grabs it and lowers it to the ground. But mm-hmm. it, the way, the way that, cause they didn't, they, they specifically did not show the bus actually fall. Right. See, this is, I'm, sh- I'm sorry. Just being an asshole. Uh, I did, I do think the trailer looks fun though. I think Shazam in general, the movie looks fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I, I really liked, uh, I really liked the overall mood of the thing. It reminds me of, um, Deadpool a little bit of all things mm-hmm. um, in that it's seems like they're going to take the superhero part of it seriously while being a character that's sort of ridiculous. And I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Obviously um, not as a, uh, not as rated R as a Deadpool, but obviously s- similar in tone to me. Um, only, only I think in, in, in the funny way, in, in a comedic way, but I think, um, I think there's going to be a lot less fourth wall humor at the very oh, least. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't expect that. I, I just, I just meant purely tone, the mix of comedy and uh, comedy while taking the plot seriously. Mm-hmm. And sort of the, the, the funniness of just having a character like Shazam, the fact that he's a child trapped in a man's body. That's, that's funny stuff. Right. I, I, I like the idea of it. I, uh, I like the escapism. I like the uh, wish fulfillment of, 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 the idea a lot more than I've ever liked Shazam in the comics, by the way, too. Like I like the idea of him a lot more than I've ever liked the the books. Right, but, um, like the execution. I think it might be tailor made for um, for the screen. I mean, this is basically big, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, when, they've they've said that numerous times too. Oh, okay, yeah, and big is a great movie, and this is basically mm-hmm. that. It's kind of a, kind of fun to put big in a superhero universe, and, and with all of the context that it is a classic classic story and a classic character it's kind of cool yeah so um 
<laughs> Apparently it is uh, tracking to make $48 million opening weekend. According to Box Office Pro, anyway. That's good. That's good on the DC side, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Um, okay, good. <laughs> it's saying that it should make 144 million worldwide. Um, which they, they tracked Aquaman for making 60 million and it domestically. Did way and, uh, yeah, it did do better than that. Uh, this is just opening weekend. Sure. sure and, sure. um, I think this will do better too. I, I just think the trailers have been good. Mm-hmm. It's a different take on superheroes. If you don't know, if, if you don't know it's in the DC universe, you don't have, it don't, you don't have to know that to want to see this movie. Mm hmm. And I think that's going to open them to a lot of people who are just out to see a movie who don't feel like they have to know anything about the canon or the, the past movies. I liked the, in this trailer, the little, uh, the appearance of Batman. Yeah, um, from the, from the toy store. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's really yeah. great. I like the idea. It's a, it's a, this is a concept that I, the first time I've ever, I ever saw this concept was in Batman the animated series where like there are street vendors and stuff like selling Batman merchandise. Yeah. And I like the idea that like, you know, the, the public at large is watching the Justice League fighting parademons and whatnot. And they're privy to all the Man of Steel and all that from, you know, from a faraway perspective to the point where they've just become folk heroes that are like in toy stores now. I like that idea a lot. Yeah. No, I love that. Uh, they did the, something similar on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The very first episode mm. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, they did. Uh, is is uh, Mike Peterson being played by, oh gosh, what's his name from... Uh, I couldn't remember his name the other day either. His name's Gun and Angel. Anyway. Augustine? Uh, August? Something? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember. Anyway, anyway. yeah, the, the the very first episode, the very first thing you see is a is a kid looking in on a, on a shop window of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's just nice because it's kind of like the way the TV relates to the movies as well. It's like, I don't know. This is we're being affected by all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, so I think even if they did make the forty-eight million domestically in the opening weekend, Shazam was the from what we understand, what we know is it was produced for way less money than Aquaman was, so it's still gonna probably make his money pretty quickly. Great. Uh, speaking of uh, Aquaman, um, James Wan has confirmed that there's no director's cut. So, you know, we've heard that before. But since Aquaman made all the damn money in the world, I I, I think we can probably trust it here. Because um, Aquaman just passed Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, uh, domestically. Wow. They're at, uh, yeah, they're at th- uh, $333 million. $333.7 million uh that is uh one billion one hundred forty one million nine hundred thousand one hundred forty eight worldwide. So Aquaman's still just like scraping in money. I it comes out like two or three weeks. Something like that. Something crazy like that. I think we, we said it last uh last week what what day it was. I don't I didn't put it here in these notes because I'm a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. James Wan did come out and say that he is re- retaining the IMAX aspect ratio, meaning it will open up top and bottom of frame during the big visuals on home video. Huh. Cool. That is really cool, actually. Did you see Aquaman? Did you like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we can get into Aquaman if you want. I, I did. Um, I, I didn't think it was like amazing, but I did like it a lot. <laughs> you know, I, I think, I think it's, uh, it's a good flick. It's a good flick. I, yeah. 
I really enjoyed parts of it. Uh, I thought it was, you know, it's them finally letting a little fun to their movie. Like, it seems like the fun was in their movie from the beginning. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, this has obviously been, I'm sure, well-trodden ground over here on DC on screen. I'm sure you guys have people talking about this all the time. But DC was, their first few movies were pretty dire. And then it seems like they tried to take the the fun and inject it in with Suicide Squad. But it seemed so, Mm -hmm. you know, half-hearted and half-done and and messed with by the studio. This seemed like it was at least somebody's vision. Yeah. And uh, man, I don't, I don't know how spoiler. Can I get spoilery here? Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, the beginning of your show says, "If it's been on the screen, you can expect we'll spoil it." Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, the 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 final fight scene was amazing, and I loved the uh, I loved him riding in on the Kraken or whatever. Yeah, that was the uh, the Carathean. Yeah, that's so good. Mm-hmm. So much fun, and then I really loved that. Um, the main villain did not did not die. I loved that the resolution was that his mother came and kind of told them to stop fighting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, that was kind of great. It was just like a nice way to end it without bloodshed. Um, yeah. Well, without their bloodshed anyway. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And that was, I don't know, I liked it. I liked that uh, it, le- it leaves those complex characters still kicking around for future films and Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, so overall, I thought it was a really, really good step for the DCEU. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I like Aquaman. I, I have, I'm on record as saying I'm not one, really one of those guys who, who digs the less quest across the globe for a MacGuffin type of storylines. Mm. Um, but I like the chemistry between Herd and, and, uh, Momoa. I have blanked yeah. on his name for a minute. Um, I almost called him Aquaman. That's why. That's, <laughs> I have a really bad problem with that. Like I keep calling Ben Affleck Batman when he's <laughs> when we're not talking about Bat- Batman at all. <laughs> um, yes, you've been doing this podcast too long. <laughs> There's more the, the actors are morphing into the characters to you. Uh, I uh, yeah, I, I thought overall it was a good flick. I, I don't mind a good uh, Mama, uh, MacGuffin chasing mm-hmm. movie as long as it's also got character that matters um yeah. i don't like it if that's the entire thrust of the film and i thought for the most part aquaman had some really good uh moments and i really really enjoyed the um kind of bookend of the movie with mm-hmm. the with his his mother and then his mother returning to his father at the end like all of that was really nice yeah and uh, i yeah just i loved it I thought his father was going to die. I, like in the very beginning, I I I thought the mother was going to return after that whole thing. And then mm-hmm. when he was in that horrible ac- ac- car accident in the middle, I was like, oh, they're going to let his father die. And then when his mother comes back, she's going to be, I don't know. I was like, this is going to be super sad. And then they, they like let them be together. There's really nothing. Yeah. There's no, no main character had a bad, had a sad ending in that movie, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> Well, what no, about Black Manta? He had Black a Manta. sad ending, but he was a piece of shit, so he he deserved it. Yeah, um, uh, you have to remind me what actually happened to him at the end. Did he um, die, or did he? No, he just uh, got roughed up, and then was found by um, he was found on some driftwood by um, old Randall Park's character, Professor Shin, or whatever it was. And that's right. See, to me, that's not even that sad ending for him. He's just off, going to continue villainizing. Yeah, you're right. So he had a sad, sad. He had a sad middle. <laughs> he did have a sad middle. 
<laughs> like I, I, I've had a I've had a sad middle for a long time, but I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, I really liked him. I liked I liked uh, I think I liked him more than Orm, but I also liked that it was rough watching his dad die. Oh yeah, and we had that nice little build up of him hand giving him the knife and everything. But then you're like, oh wait, you were both awful and just murdering people right. left and right and deserve well, everything you just got. One thing I really loved about the movie uh, in general uh, was the plot line of that led Aquaman to be a hero. And mm-hmm. I, I almost made a video about it at the time because I've been wanting to make more videos. Um, but I think that, and I don't remember her name. What's the female protagonist's name? Mira. Mira, yeah. Mira was kind of the hero of the story. Oh, yeah. In many ways. Um, and I really loved that. Um, I wish they'd driven this home more because I feel like it, it was almost not noticed by me, at least. I had to like go back and think about what, what made Aquaman change his mind. Like, cause in the beginning of the movie, he lets that man die, which, which mm-hmm. creates Black Manta. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the movie, Black Manta comes back and he's like, it's my fault. I should have saved his father. I should have done the right thing, basically. Um, and it took me really thinking about it, like, cause I only saw it once. Like, why did he make that change? Why did, why did he even, why did he, why did he regret that? It, it, the, the, the Aquaman from the beginning of the movie would have just killed Black Manta or like tried to and not had regrets, you know? Uh, but the yeah. reason, the reason that change happens is because when his father almost dies, Mira saves him. Mm-hmm. And he says, you saved him. That you had nothing, you had no reason to save him. Like, why did you do that? You know, mm-hmm. you just saved a man you didn't know. You, you, and, and, and that like instills that ethic in him. Um, and he starts from that point on, he starts doing the right thing, trying to do the right thing by all people, not just his own family, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really cool turn. And I almost wish they had driven it home a little better because I almost didn't, I, I didn't catch that plot line while watching the movie. I had to think about that plot line to really like, dig in on it. I don't know. And I, I think that's just where I want it. Like I didn't, I don't, I don't want any more than that. I don't want them to drive anything else home. There are ways to drive it home without being cheesy. And I think that sometimes the MCU does it well um, with things like Captain America could be the cheesiest character. He says things that could be the cheesiest, but they just, they, they've designed it in such a way that he's a, he's the character that's allowed to say the cheesy thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes you have to, from the beginning, design certain elements of a story to like be the, be, be able to convey the sort of cheesy message. And I thought that I liked that that plot line was there and I kind of wish it had driven it home. It could have really made me emotional in that moment where he, where he realizes that and makes the change. I just didn't realize he was even making that change till way later in the movie, you know? Mm. Yeah. I, I guess that's I just, just me. Yeah. I, I, I kind of saw it all along. Uh, you know cool. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I hear you. I didn't. And I, and, um, and that, that could just be my own fault. Um, but I do think that they could have done something a little, like just something little to drive home the fact that why he changed his mind, why he, uh, was different now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it just didn't resonate with me the first time I watched it. Well, the only time I watched it. It wasn't until I was like listening to it. I was like, oh, or like thinking about it. I was like, oh, that's why he did that. Right. Um, so, um, and I really liked that he did it. I, li- I liked that change. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get an Aquaman 2. They said it won't be for another four years. 
which it doesn't surprise me because it takes a long time. For one thing, it takes a long time to get those uh, those effects right because they had to do a lot of effects work. Yes. For that movie, um, Peter Safran, the producer, was on the Hollywood uh, was uh, talking to the Hollywood Reporter, and um, they were asked why four years, why is it going to take that long? And he says, Hamada, myself, and James Wan have all uh, always shared the same philosophy, which is you want to do it right. You don't want to do it fast. You just want to do it right. And um, they he intimated that there we might be seeing the trench spinoff before we see Aquaman two. He says we always, even from the early concept art days, love the idea of a trench movie. Then when the audiences embraced it in the movie itself the way they did, particularly that ant farm shot where the camera follows the trench following Arthur and Mira down into the deep, we just knew that we had something very special there, and we knew that uh, we knew what that movie should be, and consequently, I suspect that that's one that will come out significantly before Aquaman 2. Um, which, you know, I, I think that's great. I think they should totally flesh out the Aquaverse and uh, play with tone, play with genre, and a horror trench movie. That I was hoping for a little more, you know, being that it was James Wan directing Aquaman, I was hoping that we were going to get a little more of the horror aspect in Aquaman with him dealing with a trench. But, um, yeah, I'm down, I'm down for this movie. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know anything about that. So that's kind of, that is very cool. Oh yeah, you are behind. Oh yeah, man, very. Yeah, it was. Yes, yeah, so a spinoff that's uh, not going to have anything to. It's not going to feature the main characters from the Aquaman. It's going to be its own separate thing, but in within the same universe. They're just fle- looking at fleshing out the Aquaman universe, sort of like what James Wan did in in the um, what is it, The Conjuring? Is that what the what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think With, so. Yeah, he's like, hey, check out that doll over here. Uh, Annabelle creation. Right, right, right. <laughs> Here's a you movie know me. with a nun. I love a good cinematic universe. Yeah. Of all kinds. <laughs> yep. And uh, over on Twitter, the Aquaverse is trying to say that uh, the sequel to Aquaman is going to feature the others who were a bunch of, uh, they were basically a bunch of humans that uh, Arthur took to, uh, what, what is it called? Um the Tomb of the First King. Oh, he yes. T- he took them to the Tomb of the First King and gave them Atlantean relics to guard slash use as bait with ba- with Black Manta. And they basically became a uh, a group of superheroes called the Others that Aquaman led. And uh, they, the Aquaverse uh, account is saying that the Others are going to be a part of Aquaman too. And basically they're using their clout from saying that the Trench and Black Manta and Orm were going to be in the first Aquaman way back as proof that this is going to be true. You know, this is just rumor, though. I, I think it would be really cool if we got the others, though, honestly. Cool. I don't know anything about them, so that uh, sounds good to me. Well, I mean, it would be just be a way for... Um, they're relatively new, but it would be a way for them to do, like, basically a super team within the Aquaman universe... But without like doing a team up movie, sort of a Suicide Squad type of thing or a Justice League type of thing, without actually using characters that people are uppity about, <laughs> which I think is the way to go right now, because you're not gonna look at you know some rando from the others and go, ah, Christopher Reeve did him better. So I think it's a good call. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I think I, th- I think that's one of the reasons I think that Shazam is gonna be so successful is that we aren't gonna be comparing it. Mm-hmm. Same way with Aquaman, you know. I think these these are these are good ways to tackle things. If you're not being successful with your main heroes, divert and do something different. Absolutely. Um, and you know, 
I'm just liking everything that's, that's coming out of this Hamada regime. Everything they're saying at least sounds really great uh, about giving things time. I really uh, we'll get into some of that later uh, with the Flash, but I really like what they're driving home with on on that. Um, one thing they're not giving time to Suicide Squad Two, which is being called the Suicide Squad. Are you aware that James Gunn is writing and directing that? Supposedly uh, yes. directing. Yes. Um, so Will Smith has has left the the project. Oh no. Yeah. Um, Variety is saying that it's because of scheduling conflicts because they're looking to start shooting in September in Atlanta, and Will Smith's just busy dude. And hopefully, they're going to just have a different uh, character, and that's what Suicide Squad is. They change out criminals, right? right. And sometimes you know you'll have a few that are uh, you know anchors. And they were looking to have Deadshot there with Harley. We know now that Margot Robbie is going to be coming back as Harley Quinn. We were hoping to have Will Smith, or most people were. I don't care either way. I feel like as long as you have Waller and you have Margot Robbie, you're good. Um, sure. So, yeah, it looks like uh, they are talking about, like, um, Justin Kroll did come out and say that... Um, one item I forgot to add to the story in Variety. Sources say executives are now deciding whether they will recast the role or replace Deadshot with a different character from the DC Universe. I hope they replace him with a different character. I don't want to see Will Smith recast. Um, I would much rather them leave the door open for Deadshot to return, either in his own movie or in a subsequent Suicide Squad sequel. But I, I actually liked... Deadshot's character arc in the first Suicide Squad, which is one of the reasons I don't really mind him not coming back. I thought him being with his daughter at the end was a good ending for the character. Hmm. Yeah, I think it probably depends on the negotiations between, like, if they have more story to tell for Deadshot, mm-hmm. and Will Smith is like, I'm never coming back as Deadshot. I'm done. Yeah. And they have great story to tell. Then I don't mind recasting. I really don't. I mean, like these, <laughs> it's happened since the very first Batman movie. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the f- between Batman and Batman Returns, there's recastings. Oh, yeah. Um, like we, we, we've, we, this, this happens between Iron Man and Iron Man 2, there's recastings. Um, Hulk. Let's not forget about Hulk. Oh, for sure. For sure. Hulk. So I don't mind a recasting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually very pro recasting. <laughs> All right, uh, so this is Dave and Jason from the future. Hi. Just, hi. Um, well, I'm saying hi to you. I just said hi to you before we started recording. I was anyway, already here. I know. This is your present. <laughs> yes. Yeah, now our past. Yeah. Feel okay. free to ignore so that. So anyway, what's happening is, uh, dear listener, you were just hearing me and uh, Matt have a conversation about uh, whether or not uh, they should recast Deadshot. Well, that seems to be moot now because uh, before we... Quickly, quickly. Can you tell me in less than 20 words your feelings about it? Because I was not privy to this conversation. Uh, Well, my my feelings are I would have liked for them to um, not recast Deadshot because I would like uh, to have the option open for Will Smith to return. And also, um, I feel like Will Smith's, uh, storyline wrapped up pretty well in suicide squad. Like okay. he's there with his daughter at the end. I got you. But, got you. uh, yeah. Uh, Hollywood reporter Boris Kitt is reporting that Idris Elba 
will be stepping into the role of Deadshot, replacing Will Smith um, in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. They also say that yeah, they're also they're, they're saying that this happened very quickly. There was never anyone else they wanted for the role. Um, they're also mentioning that Rick Flag is expected to return, but not Joel Kinnaman. Hmm. Interesting. And there's been some waffling about Margot Robbie. There is waffling now about Margot Robbie. I, and when I'm talking to Matt, I'm just talking about like, oh yeah, they're saying she's going to be coming back. I mean, the the article, the Hollywood Reporter article, or is it is it Variety? It might be variety. I, I might be wrong. Anyway, our accuracy aside, I, I generally can take those two as pretty high in sources. Yeah, actually, Justin Kroll is also reporting the same shit. Okay. So yeah, the thing is, is people are, like now they're saying that she might not be, but the Hollywood Reporter article that I read excluded her from explicitly stating that she was her character was going to be recasted. So. I'm pretty sure she's going to be there. But they are really taking the soft out of this soft reboot, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. That 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 would be one way to take it. I mean, my first thought is Idris Elba. That's possibly that's possibly the most kind of boss re, like casting in the DCEU so far. Yeah, I mean... That may be the biggest name they've pulled in. I love Will Smith and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I love and, a lot and, of Will Smith's uh, properties, yeah. but those two and ha- also. I, I, yeah, I, I have enjoyed him in several movies. Mm-hmm. Personally, though, I kind of think this is a major come up. Uh, I've, I've, I glanced around and a lot of people were saying, well, damn, if you're going to do it, look, look at that. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I got, I got to agree that that's, I, I, I think it, that's, that's about accurate. If, if you're going to recast this role, I don't want to pick a name and, and, and just throw somebody under the bus for no good reason. But you, if you just recast him with uh, somebody equal or a, a, a C-lister or something like that, yeah, it would have been, all right, well, what are we doing here? You know, from a PR standpoint, that's that's a great, great first foot forward. Yeah, and, you know, throw Heimdall in there, man. I, oh, my gosh. like, And I, I had the same feeling um, when it was, um, oh, what's his name? Don Cheadle replacing Terrence Howard. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was another like, well, damn, man, if you're going to do this, that was a good call. And I had the same feeling when it was Mark Ruffalo replacing Edward Norton. So mm-hmm. Agreed. You know what? Let's onwards and upwards. I'm good. Onwards, upwards. Now, as far as, the, as far as the reboot, we've, we still need more. <laughs> that, I'm hoping that's the last time I have to hear you complain about that line. <laughs> Years now. You cannot think about Will Smith without hearing the line, Welcome to Earth. <laughs> oh. And the thing I'm annoyed about the most is I like that line. I thought it was a fun part of the movie. I know. I just think it's 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 funny to rag on. I, I don't really I don't really have that big of a problem with it. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a thing that's kinda of like stuck in your uh stuck in the back of your brain you can't you, you can't undo. There those don't necessarily and have he, to be. He, he doesn't even say "Welcome to Earth." That is literally me like conflating his character from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air with his character from Independence Day. <laughs> I know. I know. He... You looked at that one day because you're like, "Well, I wonder." I I have learned though, like that the stuff that sticks to the back of your brain like that, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Like every time I I've been in a situation with somebody where like I'll pass them something and we'll accomplish something, whatever. I just a little simple thing where you you know you just 
somebody needs something, you grab it, you hand it to them really quickly, and yeah, yeah, just simple. And in my yeah. head, I'll hear teamwork. And sometimes I'll say out loud, that's teamwork. And what I really mean is the Tenacious D line from that one album that went really, <laughs> that did really well, and I don't know anything else, where they're saying, mm-hmm. like, well, that's fucking teamwork. Uh, it was something about, like, there's something in my teeth, but I don't know. Right. But it's one line in a Tenacious D song that I haven't probably listened to for a decade, and that's all I'm really referencing. And actually, I get really happy the other day I said teamwork, and somebody said, you know, every time I hear that word, I think of this line, I was like, you too! Oh, thank goodness. Wow. Doesn't have to be negative. That's my point. Whenever I hear the word teamwork, I always think of the old adage, there's no I in team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I automatically want to correct it because the little enclosed space in the lowercase e is called an I. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. (laughs) I kind of want to tell people like, well, but what if it was spelled T-I-I-N? Right. (laughs) All right. We're sending these people back to the past. Sorry. All right. So uh, long story short, it's a great casting. Don't know what they're up to yet. We got to wait on more. It could be. Uh, could be a lot of stuff, but there's yeah, so much casting stuff. Know. We just don't know what the state of the DCEU is in general. You know, we got we're we're in limbo on a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a little scared. We man. shall this see. Is getting, it's getting freaky. It is. It is getting freaky. But it's getting freaky with upgrades in a in a way where like James Gunn is an upgrade. I, I hate to say that. Not over David Ayer. I like David Ayer's stuff. I but like if David, David Ayer, Ayer, if David Ayer wasn't gonna be doing it. And you told me James going to do a Suicide Squad. I'd tell you, hell yes. Where to? Uh, where, where would you like mm-hmm. my twenty dollars to be applied? Yes. Who is Michael Rooker playing? <laughs> he better be playing somebody. <laughs> I know. I said I know a fan cast of Mike Tyson for King Shark last week, but yeah, yeah. Can we can, can we can we do Michael Rooker? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work for me. Uh, pretty much anywhere you apply him, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just gonna be damn okay. Ooh, can Nathan Fillion be in it? That'd be great. Hell, Rooker could even play, like, if he fancied up his voice a little bit, <laughs> which he can't do. I've heard him in interviews. He His voice is shot. Mm-hmm. But he's got the frame for an old Batman. Just throw him in there. <laughs> yeah. Have that Greenwood right. guy, I couldn't remember the name of, come back and... Uh, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood. I thought it was Bruce, mm-hmm. but I thought, surely that can't be right. <laughs> oh, it is. It'd be right. I always remember him as the, the weird guy from... He wasn't weird. The, the guy I first met from a weird show named John from Cincinnati that no one hmm. will fucking remember. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood, I think my first thing was Star Trek 2009. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, back to the past for you folks. Bye. Deadline is reporting over on The Flash that uh, they have Jonathan Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, the directors of that film, are uh, pretty much starting from scratch on the film's script. Um, last wow. week we heard that, uh, Ezra Miller was talking about how the reason is taking so long is that they were trying to get it right. Same narrative we're hearing for, for Aquaman too. Sure. But, um, and I, I, I think that's the way to go. Like if they're not happy with it. And of course, Ezra Miller was talking about the multiverse and all sorts of deep seated DC canon stuff. So as long as he keeps sprinkling stuff like that in, I'll, I'll follow him. I'll be like, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Deadline's saying that, uh, Daly and Goldstein are set to write and direct, and that implies that they're going to be starting from scratch, as opposed to working on the, uh, the Joby Herald script that's already been, uh, circulating. I just, I, I really do. I want, I want The Flash to be great. I want it to be a great movie. 
and uh, I do have a uh, a fair amount of faith in in John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, they were they were co screenwriters on uh, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh oh yeah yeah that's right. Um, they they did uh, they worked on Horrible Bosses too. That 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 alone is enough. Oh, uh, also Horrible Bosses. I forgot about that one. Yeah, those, was, good, those yeah. are good flicks. Yeah, so um, I'm down. I I think that they're uh, in in uh, in a position to make the Flash something really good. Awesome. Uh, now Zack Snyder has announced that he is going to be doing a an event, uh, a three day event at the Art Center. I'll put a link in the in the show notes. But he's doing a thing called the Director's Cuts, and it's going to be March 22nd through uh, March 24th. And there's going to be a screening each night of a Snyder film and a special Q&A with, with him and members of the cast and crew and special guests. Uh, Dawn of the Dead director's cut is at 6 p.m. on the 22nd. On the 23rd is Watchmen director's cut at 4 p.m. And on March 24th at 4 p.m. is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice, the ultimate edition. And um, a lot of people are hoping that he announces the Snyder cut. Um, mm-hmm. Clay Enos seems to not be... Uh, that's the, the photographer for Justice League. Seems to not think that that's going to be happening. So <laughs> yeah, I I think I feel like this is a weird um, marketing gimmick to get his other movies watched. Because <laughs> like it, the entire internet is on fire for two years with we want the Snyder cut, and he's like, hey, I got lots of Snyder cut for you. Oh yeah, I mean I don't <laughs> think so. I think this is just a, a fan thing that he's he's just doing. It's like. I can't remember how much it was. Let me see. I'll look it up. Oh yeah, I don't think he's making a ton of money off of it. I just think that's oh, kind no. of a weird. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, it's crazy that Dawn of the Dead. Um, Dawn of the Dead was Zack Snyder directing, and James Gunn wrote the screenplay. Absolutely, it was. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> when I met James Gunn, I was uh, just in line. I told him some of my his mm-hmm. movies that I really liked, and I mentioned Dawn of the Dead being one that I really liked, and he looked at me funny. And I think he he was like I didn't direct that though, because <laughs> now he's such a you know director guy. I don't know. I was yeah. right after Guardians. I got to meet him and told him I told him I really liked Dawn of the Dead, uh, back, all the way back to Dawn of the Dead. And he was like he looked at me confused. I was like you wrote that. It made me like I was like did you did write that right? <laughs> it said so on IBMDB. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's the Art Center in Pasadena. And um, let's see what was it? I'm looking for the price. I'm not going because I can't afford it. It's over two hundred dollars. Yeah, crazy. But um, oh yeah, there it is. Let's see, two hundred seventy-five dollar for an, for a general admission all weekend pass. Hmm. But that's not really bad to see to do a three-day event where you get to do a Q and A with Zack Snyder and different people involved in the in the production and cast and crew. And stuff. Mm, maybe. I mean, if you're that know. big of a Snyder fan, that's right, not a big right, right. Deal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you're a big enough Snyder fan, for sure. But I just think about like cons, like a like a like a whatever Comic Con or whatever. That's mm-hmm. like not that much cheaper than that. And those you get like to see a lot of things and uh, experience a lot of things and talk to a lot of different directors and writers and stars. So from a price standpoint, I don't know that it's a I don't know it's a value think, proposition that I'm interested in. I think this feels more intimate. I think I think I would rather do this than go to a con. Yeah, I hear personally. You. I hear you. I know you're you're not a big con guy though. I'm not. Um <laughs> Hey, future Dave and future Jason. Back uh some stuff happened. Hello again. 
Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know what it is about tonight that like every damn thing is happening, dude. But um, you know how things are. Mm-hmm. Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That is the action night. Sometimes, yeah. That is um, uh, internationally known as the day when things happen. Stephen Amell, he said something on Twitter, and then he put up a Facebook Live. I'll put up a link to the Facebook Live in the show notes at dconscreen.com. He just released a very, very tearful goodbye to fans because while Arrow is renewed for an eighth season, it will be a 10-episode season, and that will be it. And we're out. We are out. And apparently he went to Greg Berlanti, according to his Facebook Live, he went to Greg Berlanti in season six and wanted to end it with that, with like season seven. And like they wound up coming to an agreement to do an eighth season. I think that's probably why they're like, that that may have been why they actually like moved up Crisis on Infinite Earths because, you know, they were talking about doing that further down the line. And now they've constructed a whole story where that's moving a few years up. Right. In the timeline of the show. So, my personal opinion, I think Ollie will die in the final episode of Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think that ep- that episode will have to be an Arrow episode, because you can't kill Ollie on the Flash. <laughs> That's messed up. That and would be messed up. I think they will have one or two episodes left to wrap things up for the other characters and to establish the legacy, most likely, of Imiko Queen carrying on in his place. That's my own personal opinion. I do think it would be cool. Now, that was the dis- opinion you espoused last week, or a week before. I can't remember. I've been in your house for a week. I've lost brain cells. I don't freaking know. But <laughs> I just didn't that think that it would be like the, opinion the end you, of the show. You, you expressed was you thought what they were maybe going to do was kind of like kill him because it has. It was leaning very heavy into kill him in the last crossover. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Overwhelming odds are that. You know, he was the one who has to go to make that deal and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, overwhelming odds, he goes. And you were saying, I think I think it was you that said, maybe they just bring it back for a short season, they kill him off, and that's the last two that we see. If they That would do, be amazing if I said that. I think you did. As, as you know, I don't remember what I said. I don't sure. either. I, not, I mean, bits and pieces, sure. But uh, sometimes it'd be a couple hours and I, I forget. But I, this feels familiar. I feel like we've said that somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just a huge step in the right direction of that being a, a plausible thing that happens. Yeah. And, you know, and I was I was just talking to, like, as soon as it broke, I was talking to Brent. Like, well, not as soon as. It was like, I was talking, it was like 30 minutes after it broke. Yeah. I was I was messaging Brent from Fans Without Borders. I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was talking to him. I was like, do you think, because this would be cool to me, too. I don't think they're going to do this. But I was asking him, do you think they would push back the crisis on infinite earths so that the final episode of arrow, like maybe they wrap everything up in, in flash forwards, sub, uh, a pre, uh, leading up to crisis. And then the final episode of arrow is the final episode of crisis. And like how this huge universe that arrow has spawned, how poetic would that be Hmm. for like right before the universe gets completely rewritten or largely rewritten, it, I, I mean, I think they've already expressed that the it's going to be a different atmosphere when they're done. Yeah. The final episode of Arrow would be the rewriting of the multiverse. It would be fitting. Now, as far as uh, airing dates and times are concerned, <sighs> fuck that. That's, all, that's already out the door. 
Um, oh, yeah, they, they move that around. Yeah, they, they bounce it wherever they feel like they want to. And it hasn't really diminished the ratings too far. And I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I, for sure, don't think it's diminished the streaming numbers. No, the people who follow it, you know, follow it within that seven day time frame, regardless of when it actually airs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any reason that's not a thing they can do. And I do, I do agree with your prediction for sure that they're going to actually end it with the Arrow episode. And I think he's going to be a huge part of the crossover, or at least he's going to finish up the crossover in a huge way. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are softball predictions, but still, they're. I mean, they're yeah. they're the most likely thing. Now, now here's here's thing. another prediction. Okay, I don't think this is the last time we'll hear about a shortened season. Probably not. I would bet you we hear about another shortened season or another shortened run coming up. Yeah. Oh, I think Legends of Tomorrow is definitely done now. Uh, that's definitely it. Yeah. Um, and that might possibly will... pair with the Constantine rumors that we've been hearing. Mm, maybe. I'll tell you this though. Mm-hmm. At the end of his Facebook Live, yeah, Stephen Amell says. I don't think that, and I'm paraphrasing here because I, like an idiot, I erased my notes. <laughs> Stephen Amell said, uh, um, I have a feeling that though I'm leaving or though I might be gone or what was it? Though I'm done, I won't necessarily be gone. If you know, if you watch the Arrowverse, then you know what I mean or you understand something like that. So I, th- you know, people always leave or die, and then they come back in some iteration for guest stints. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think the dude just wants to go and be be with his family and kind of yeah, like he talked about in the in the Facebook Live. He talked about like dropping off the face of the earth for two months, <laughs> and then yeah. like coming back and like moving on with his career, seeing what what else the uh, the world has in, st- in store for him. He um, he wants to do what a lot of the Warner Brothers uh, <laughs> television shows actors want to do mm-hmm. is man vancouver's it, like it's a nice city and I've, I've really genuinely never heard any of the people that operate out of there say anything bad about the city they enjoy it uh but but it's just it's a grueling schedule and it's mm-hmm. it's not like in a way if all you're doing was working that job you kind of work a few months and you're off for like a good portion of the year Assuming that's what you want to do with yourself, and you know there, there's some value to that. But again, when you're him, that you've got a you've got a kid, you got a family. Yeah, I, I think it's really wearing on him at this point. And he there's been a lot of hints from Amel that it was wearing on him, and he he just wanted a more regular schedule where he could see his kid grow up. You know. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I like I'm happy for him because I do think this is what he wanted. I did. I, uh, by the way, did oh, you see the rest of the tweets? Like the the rest of the crew was treating uh, like tweeting stuff. They're all largely. Well, not even largely. A hundred percent, the the crew was just kind of grateful for the time and and all that. It was it was all very positive, mm-hmm. very positive vibe. I did, I saw a lot of it, and I was just like, I'm not reporting on that because it's just overwhelming, and it's all people saying nice things. Oh, and that's yeah. awesome. But you know, It'd be ten minutes of you just reading people's tweets about how grateful they were for the experience and stuff, and that's all that's all well and good and great words, and I've every reason to believe they were honest about it. But yeah, it would just be us reading tweets for a few minutes. And I would be surprised if most of the crew didn't get dispersed throughout other shows that were coming up. It it might. I mean, I think there's something say, there is sea change in the future for the CW like DC TV. Mm-hmm. Not not just but, a couple tweaks. There's sea change. I think that's my prediction there. Yeah, but you know, I I I say that though as you know, someone who has heard the stories and. From, you know, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum and talking about like, oh, all these people are still here. And they're talking to Stephen Amell like, oh, you know him? Oh, yeah, he's still there. Okay. So I think they just get dispersed to other CW shows. Honestly, I don't think they're, most of them are let go. 
Oh, see, no, the uh, the crew, I, I think there's just always something going on up there. They've got a steady job. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the actors, I thought that's what you were talking about getting dispersed. And I think there will be oh, some of no. that. Yeah, I think I think some I think we could see somebody leave and show up on another show. Yeah. Or not. the show end and someone else yeah. And some of it there's there's a lot to look forward to. Like let's say Legends does survive for reasons that mm-hmm. I don't understand. Cause it, I mean they could. They could. They've survived so far and they've always been the one where I'm like, Man, you've got the worst ratings of any of them. Like you you have even for CW, kinda low ratings. Why are you still here? And then you look up and they were nude again. But <laughs> And at times I've thought, I, I, I go back and forth. At times I didn't want that. At times I did. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The show is, it, it, it's, it's Legends, man. It's it's a weird thing. But, <laughs> but man, I would love to see like Curtis pop up over there. See, you know, a lot of fun. I, I don't know. I think it would be fun to see, uh, you know, Rory go back to Flash. Yeah, that would be nice. Be nice to see, uh, I mean, hell, bring Ray over, you know? Especially if the rumors that Kavanaugh might be leaving the Flash, True. we've heard rumors of that. True. I mean, Felicity could do a lot of damage on in the like with the Flash resources. Mm-hmm. And we've heard that uh, we've heard that Carlos Valdez has taken off. We have heard he's that. leaving. So, you know, if if I think he wants to get back to music, you know. Yeah, and if we suddenly don't have you know uh, the Los or uh, yeah, Tom Kavanaugh, which. That one hurts. God, it even sound it hurts to even say. Yeah, that one hurts. I I just I don't care if it's another show. I just need Tom Cavanaugh in my life, and that doesn't have to be a DC show. I'll pick up another show in my rotation if he's in it. Mm-hmm. I've proven this time and time again. I watched every every episode of Trust Me. No one knows what that is. Some <laughs> I don't show know that aired on TNT <laughs> where he was an ad exec with the dude from Will and Grace. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I uh, gosh, man. I have to admit, if like. Felicity suddenly shows up on the Flash, taking the place of of uh, Cisco and or Kavanaugh. Uh, frankly, I mean, or Kavanaugh, and then we have you know Ray show up on the Flash and just staying there. It's gonna, it's, it will feel a little bit like when like the Andy Griffith show went to color and Barney wasn't there, and suddenly like Goober is like the you know Goober, <laughs> Goober and friggin' uh uh Dodson or whatever his, what is it whatever his name was um Howard Sprague were the county clerk like where, yeah. where have you guys been all these years well Goober was around but he wasn't a major player <laughs> that was a side bit every five <laughs> or six episodes for what and then when you get to like the later later seasons where you have like Emmett take over for Floyd that's that's where you're gonna get like Mick Rory show up like I'm gonna hang in at Star Labs <laughs> like why it started to get a bit why? weird there <laughs> Yeah, it might get a little weird, but I'm down for it. We'll, we'll see what happens. I know way too much about the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> oh, it's one. It's one of your private pleasures. I... It's not that private. I'm pretty open about it. You really. are open about it. I have T-shirts it's with Barney and Andy on. I don't on think it. you care. No, no, it's not guilty at all. That show is fantastic. <laughs> for five years, everything after that is highly debatable. It's just uh, like a. It's not even a shit show. It's just. No, no, it's hit, it's just very standard, which is sad in its own way. Just did not have the. Uh, it it just got it got weird. That's all. That I mean, I remember the reruns. I remember, and I agree, it, it got weird. Well, they moved some of their best writers off to like different properties, and yeah, it's, that's a problem. Harvey Bullock went over to Gomer Pyle, and you know, is uh, stuff happened. Yeah, yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, back to the past, I guess. 
Are you good? Yeah, I think this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Summer. No, I mean it, it's it's odd. A lot of people are going to lose a property they very much love, being what it is. But I think I honestly think this is like the first of a few things we're going to hear about. Mm-hmm. And I, I I think the landscape we're talking about not this time next year. Well, no, about this time next year. I think the stuff we're talking about is going to be just it, it's we're not going to be having the kind of same conversation at all. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm we may we may like it just as much, but it'll be an entirely different set of pronouns. I am surprisingly proper nouns. Like I, I am in a position where I feel Both. at this juncture, I feel sad that Arrow's leaving, but I also um am relieved because I was like, Oh god, there's a Batwoman coming and we're just gonna keep piling on. Oh yeah. No, I don't think you're gonna be relieved about that at all. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to change, but I don't think it's necessarily going to condense. I mean, it, it might. It really might. But the CW has also said, like, Levowitz has said a couple times that he, he likes having that style of programming. And, and I think it's making him money, so he's just, he's happy with that. Mm-hmm. He may condense it a little bit, but not too much. I've said this before. I wouldn't mind if they cut it. If they just really start, did start cutting him down to 10, 13 episodes. I mean, yeah, that'd be fine. Uh, 10, 13 year, uh, episodes of uh, like year-round content instead of, um, you know, s- oh God, five, six different shows that all have 22 episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could dig that. I, I could dig I, that process. Like the way I would Titans say 16, is, the way, uh, oh, yeah. Black Lightning still seems like it's a bit much. Yeah, it can be. But over on DC Universe, the way they're doing it, you know, uh, was it uh, 10 to 13 episodes, we'll call it, because we're not sure. Yeah. yeah. And then doing it year-round, yeah, it's pretty pretty cool format. I found myself looking forward to the universe stuff every single week. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I, I'm, I thought to myself earlier today, there's only two more days till Doom Patrol. That's fantastic. And I'm in it. I was, like, genuinely excited to think, oh, man, I've gotten through most of the hump here. A couple more days and I get to watch another Doom Patrol. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a fun show that is, too. It really is. Delightful. Loving the hell out of it, yeah. Anyway, um... I think things are going to get a lot weirder before we finish this little news cycle. Mm-hmm. Buckle up, guys. Who knows what's about to happen? It's going it, to it's, it's gonna change, possibly for the better, but I do think... Is it Pedowitz or Leibowitz? I think it's one of those two. I think Pedowitz. he... Uh, Pedowitz. I think it said Leibowitz earlier. Anyway, Pedowitz. I think he likes this little <laughs> programming block, so, uh, man, don't take off your seatbelt there, Dave. I think we got some stuff in front of us. You think? Oh, yeah. All right, well. I think you're right. <laughs> All right. Back to the past, guys. Bye. So anyway, uh, moving over to television. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, Jess uh, McCallan is returning as Ava Sharp in season five of uh, of Legends of Tomorrow as a series regular. So that's cool. I like her character. Uh, Krypton season two has wrapped filming. Oh, cool. Uh, How was Krypton season one? <laughs> it started a little slow. And then okay. became really freaking good. Cool. I thought it was a cool idea. I was excited about it. Yeah, you should check it out. Uh, I, I'll, Calto- I'll try. Uh, Luke Calto says that shooting on season two is complete. And uh, he says, Krypton fans get ready for something special. I don't know what that means, but I'm excited about it. I know they're bringing, in, uh, they're bringing in Lobo, and he looks badass. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I heard that Lobo is coming in, uh, and that's, that's cool. All right, well, that's all the news I've got. Um, nice. You, that's like the most excited you've been about anything I've said. 
<laughs> I, I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how much we'd had, and I know we had dug down on. You told me you had like eleven stories or something, and and uh-huh. I, I kept diverting us to talk about things, and I realized like I was like, maybe I should stop diverting so much. <laughs> yes, like, <laughs> you, you diverted enough that some of that will wind up on a Patreon episode, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Just can't wait for my cut. Um, <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> truth. Truth. Um, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, coming in and filling in for Jason. Uh, if you want to hear some of those conversations or that conversation or whatever I wind up doing with it, uh, patreon.com slash DC on screen. We've also... Um, We've got merch up. I'll throw up a link in the show notes, or you can go to dconscreen.com and click on shop. Buy my merch. Buy my merch. Buy wow. my merch. A critic reference? A critic reference. Hey, you guys, you should listen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast and the Star Trek Universe podcast. And most importantly, most importantly of all, you should listen to my music, MatthewCarrollMusic.com. Yeah or Spotify, or Apple Music, just open your app right now. This episode's over. Open your app on Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Search for Matthew Carroll. Don't you want to know what kind of music this nerd makes? Yeah, I'll tell you what kind. In the middle of the album, he stops and tells you about how much he didn't like Batman v Superman. (laughs) Yeah. I like to throw that in wherever I can. (laughs) Uh, Track number five is called My Problems with the Suicide Squad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, (laughs) We'll see you next week. Until then, keep some DC on your screen. And uh, let's go to the next uh, bit that I have cut out, uh, that I've erased now. So I'm just going to have to go by memory, I guess, because I'm such a smart person. What would you erase? Oh, like my entire prep. Like <laughs> the prep that I put together for everything. That's what I thought, of. That's what I thought you had said you had done. <laughs> yep. That's what I did. That's what I did, Jason. Our opening narration was from Dan Jurgens' The History of the DC Universe, Part 3 of 10, as featured in DC 52, Week 4. It was performed by me, David C. Robertson. Intro music by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Future Elevators, could be found on Spotify or future-elevators.com. Our introduction was performed by Effie Ophelders of the fantastic podcast Stealing the Remote, which lives on SoundCloud. It can also be found on iTunes and Stitcher. We are proudly in partnership with TV Time, TV show calendar and social media site that lets you keep track of what you're watching, what your friends are watching, and where you all left off. DC On Screen is a maladjusted production. Visit maladjusted.tv for more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, an improvised web series, vlogs, parodies, and more.